All right, cue fake podcast music. We really need to find some podcast music. Yeah, probably. I, I just can't find any that is so good that it needs to be like a theme song. I know. All right, so hello and welcome to Michigan Another Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie and Jen. And what are you going to talk about today, Jen? I am going to talk about Kelly Cochran. Kelly Cochran? Who murdered her lover and husband. Nice. And supposedly others. Ooh, but they know for sure the husband and boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. What are you going to talk about? I've got the Benton Harbor House of David. I kind of talked about them in the Michigan Triangle one. They're the second boat that um, flipped over that was found capsized. It's the one that the Coast Guard thinks there was no foul play, but everybody else does. And I didn't know we had a cult in Michigan. So once I heard about it, I had to look them up. Yeah. Crazy cults. Why don't you go first and I'll be like the palate cleanser. Okay. All right. Kelly Cochran was married to Jason Cochran. And having an affair with a gentleman named Chris Regan. Okay, so married to who? Jason Cochran. Jason, but having an affair with Chris. Yep. Got it. In 2014, Chris Regan came up missing. The boyfriend. The boyfriend. Okay. The police investigated the disappearance, but were unable to solve the murder, so the case went cold. Okay. Where did he disappear from, did they say? just Or just one day he doesn't come to work or something? I can't remember. Okay, don't worry, don't worry. No, I think, I don't know how it, they knew he was missing. Okay. Most people it's work, that's why I was guessing, because that's the one place you consistently go. Yeah. And when you don't show up, they do get kind of... Yeah, I would think people would... Like, if you like, stopped showing up at work, people would question. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you never right. know, though. Yeah. So, fast forward to 2016, Kelly's husband dies. Okay, that's Jason, right? Yep, okay. Jason. And it seemed to be because of an overdose. Oh, drug overdose? Yes. Okay. As the police investigated it, though, they determined it had actually been a murder. Ooh. So they start investigating his death, what happened to him. Kelly finally admits later in the investigation that both her and her husband, Jason, had made a pact to kill anyone who they had affairs with. Which so, I thought was crazy. Like, okay, I'm going to go over here and have an affair. Right. And you can too, and then we'll murder them. I always wonder, like, how do people like that find each other? Because that's like mm-hmm. a real niche, you know, kind of thing. That, yes, we're allowed to have affairs, but we have to murder them afterwards. Like, how do you find another person... I have no idea. And I then, don't even know how you, like, maybe over how, morning coffee. Yeah, bring that up. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, by the way, you. if you want to have sex with other women, that's cool. Just know I'm going to murder that bitch later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is said that she had Chris at their house, shot him, dismembered him, and then left his body parts in a wooded area. Oh, wow. Like, just scattered or... Just scattered in a wooden area. And where is this that it's happening? Do we know what state that she does this in? That she kills Chris? Michigan. Oh, okay. She then later admits to being upset and turning around and killing her husband, Jason, by injecting him with a lethal lethal dose of heroin and smothering him with a pillow. (sighs) So she made this pact with her husband to kill anyone they have an affair with. And she caught feelings. And then she got mad at her husband. <laughs> right? For the pact. That's that what, they did together. Uh-huh. That's and what, killed him. If you find someone willing to make a death pact like that, 
maybe you guys are both crazy. Maybe you should watch that person who's willing to make a death pact with you. Yeah, I'm thinking so. Because, yeah. Because ultimately they're going to murder you. Well, looking back, I'm sure that's what the husband thought. Like, oh, shit, I should have known. And, <laughs> yeah. and I'm thinking, like, hey, now you're all alone. How are you going to find another person that you can make this pact with? Good. Yeah, see, because that's so hard to find. Yeah. A man like that. <laughs> In April 2017, Kelly was sentenced to what I believe was 65 years for her husband's murder. And then the following month in May, sentenced to life for the murder of Chris. Oh, okay. Some news stories about this case talked about how her neighbors believed she may have served parts of Chris to them during a barbecue she hosted. That's the boyfriend. Yes. That she served him Ooh, What up. made them think that, did they say? They did not say. They're like, she. one guy in Russia actually served humans that he killed to his neighbors, and he told them that it was kangaroo meat. That's why it was kind of like weird meat that they were unused to. I wonder weird. if like humans are kind of gamey, and that's why they were like, yeah, we had some weird meat at her I house. I was thinking maybe we just tasted like chicken. Oh, yeah. It would be better if we tasted like bacon. Yeah. Be <laughs> yeah. The news story went on to say she supposedly admitted to murdering other unnamed people in other states, including Indiana, Tennessee, and Minnesota. There is actually a documentary of these two murders called Death North, which aired on Investigation Discovery in May of this year. Oh, wow. We'll put the link to the official page for the documentary in our show notes. Okay. Crazy woman. So, killed at least two men for sure. Possibly yeah. others. But she led the, the police to believe she has killed other people. Yeah. But wouldn't name them. And I'm thinking if you did, you should just say it. Your life in prison. Yeah. Plus 65 years for... Well, so many serial killers are like, oh, yeah, I killed more people. And I always wonder, like, is it like bragging rights in jail? Like, yo, you only killed 30 people? I killed 45. Like, if you get bragging rights, like, you're the bigger boss if you kill yeah, more maybe people. maybe you'll get more stuff from people. Cause... Shake them down for their ho-hos and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's not a bad idea. That's crazy. Yeah. And the fact that she served them at a barbecue. Yeah, I wonder if that's real. You know, the neighbors believe she did. wonder if it tasted like kangaroo meat. I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, that's gross. It's yeah, it's disgusting. Okay, so I want to talk about the Benton Harbor House of David. It's a cult slash commune hmm. in Surprise, Benton Harbor, Michigan. I know you couldn't see that one coming. No, could you? I couldn't. All right, would never guess. Yeah, <laughs> right. So it was established in March um, 1903. It was formerly the Israelite House of David. It was co-founded by Mary and Benjamin Purnell in, surprise, Benton Harbor, Michigan. Before moving to Michigan, they lived in Fostoria, Ohio with their two children, and people in their area didn't really view them kindly after one of their two kids died at age 16 at a fireworks factory. Due to their religious beliefs and not dealing with the dead, they forewent a funeral. So people were like kind of skeeved out that one of their kids died and there was no funeral. They actually, once she died, they didn't want anything to do with her. And in 1988, the Purnells joined an assembly known as the Visitation Movement after meeting a group of preachers. The preachers were followers of James Jezreel, I think it's pronounced. It's one of those ones where you try to find the pronunciation and it's really hard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Who believed he was the sixth messenger, which is the prophet of God. The Visitation Movement believed that according to Revelations 10.7, the seventh messenger was due to arrive and restore the Garden of Eden. 
which is good. In March 1895, the Purnells announced that the spirit of Shiloh was bonded with them, so Ben became the seventh messenger of God. Yeah. Surprise! (laughs) We saw that coming. (laughs) Yeah. And the last messenger of God. And fire and brimstone awaited the people that didn't believe it. So he's in his own group of religious people. He now thinks he's the prophet. And if you don't believe he's the prophet, you're going to hell. So they're cast out of their cult. Now you know you are like fuck nut crazy. <laughs> when your own cult when you're... pushes you out. <laughs> right? When you're too crazy for a cult. <laughs> So, in March 1903, they established the Benton Harbor House of David. Colony had several hundred members to about a thousand members. It's another one of those things where you look it up on the internet and they will just, I think they just make up numbers. You know, they're like, oh yeah, there was 800 people. No, there was a thousand. No, there was 600. It was, so, I'm just going to say several hundred to a thousand. Okay. Yeah. So, the colony rules are no tobacco, alcohol, or personal property. And you know that gets me because, like, I'm not sharing socks and underwear. Yeah, I'm not wearing your yeah, I'm not really big into I'm just material keep goods. Keep that one pair then. Yeah, right. <laughs> just keep watching it every day. Yeah. Put it back on. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not into material goods, but there's certain things that I just like to think of as mine. Yeah, and I can't use your bar of soap either. Yeah, I have, to have my own bar of soap. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. soap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. The strict rules were supposed to lead to eternal life. There was no sex, even for procreation. So no baby making. In this cult. I'm sure somebody was having sex. You know, and you know the numbers got to go down. If nobody's having sex, you're not making any new members, you know? No, you have to pull them from outside in. Exactly. You have to make other people believe this. I don't want to belittle their beliefs, but this bullshit. (laughs) So I guess I'll do it a little bit. Married couples who entered were asked to consider each other as siblings. And that's kind of gross to me. That would be gross because you've already had sex with them. Yeah, and now you want to treat them like your brother? Yeah, that's kind of gross. Killing is a sin, so no meat, and they also don't go to war due to their religious convictions. No shaving or cutting of their hair, men included. I could only imagine what my legs would look like. Yeah, they do have pictures that you, we, we can do some links to them of the baseball teams, because they did some baseball teams I'll talk about. But these men have luscious locks. Just long, flowing beautiful hair Pantene commercial worthy hair (laughs) yes like just flowing in the breeze hair in 1906 they owned a thousand acres that they used to harvest fruit and cultivate grain they had their own cannery carpenter shop coach factory tailor shop steam laundry they had their own electricity plant which i think that means you're somewhere in the world you got your own electricity plant at that point you're your own city yeah you're your own exactly they had three brass bands two orchestras and a zoological garden they had baseball teams touring bands that played on the vaudeville circuit and a world famous zoo they also had an amusement park called springs of eden park and it was popular in the 1930s like it was a place to go which I thought, that's nice. That must so have created... people outside of the cult went to this. Yeah, I guess. And even people in the Benton Harbor area look at the cult favorably. They just see them as like, you know, a little off on their religious beliefs, but nice people all together. That's how they believe. Uh, they have a mini coal power, they had mini coal power locomotives that were a main attraction. And it closed in the 1970s. A railway museum in Finley, Ohio refurbished the locomotive for display. So that little locomotive is still in. It's like the one from Silver Spoons, if you're old enough to remember that. Mm, no. Oh, it was a sitcom from the 80s, and this kid was super rich, and his dad is a toy inventor, and they used to, around their mansion, ride a, a little train. I want a train around my house. Yeah, you should watch Silver Spoons. I didn't know you missed that. You need that in your life. Yeah. Okay. Because then I can put a train around my house. Exactly. I'll help you. I'll ride the train. <laughs> yeah. 
And actually, the park was revamped in 2011 successfully. And apparently, that's really hard to do, to reopen an amusement park successfully. But it actually worked. I wonder, that's something we should do. Is that, like, with the old-style rides? Or they put new rides? Um, I think there's not so much rides as there are things to look at and to do, I'm going to guess. Because they have the zoo and the flowers. I think it's a thing we would walk around. I don't know. I'm actually just making that shit up. We're going to have to Google this. We need to. Um, In 1923 and 1927, formal charges of sex abuse were brought against Ben the Prophet. Of course. Somebody's having sex? Of course somebody's having sex. It's a cult. That's what they do. Something happens. And people look favorably on this. Yes, people still look favorably on these people. Never living in Benton Harbor. Right. Thirteen young women confessed under oath that Benjamin, the husband, had had sexual relations with them while they were minors. And they said that they were told to have sex with him and maybe other members as a necessary step for salvation for a purification rite. Of course, that's what he'd say. Some girls were as young as 10 at the time, so he was a sick, sick man Mm -hmm. for going after children. It had been noted that at a 1910 street fair in Chicago, he slept in the girls' tent and had them dance for him in their night clothes. So his creeper-ass activity has been going on for a while. If that happened in 1910, and he was formally charged in 1923 and 1927, he'd been at it for a while. Somebody had to know. That's how I feel. The girls also told how they were forced into loveless marriages as teenagers to slow down investigations. You become basically like your husband's property. Um, Authorities had been trying to reach him for a while, but he would often leave just as they arrived. In 1914, it was reported that he once hid in a vault behind a bear's den, because they have that zoo. I mean, that's how how into hiding this man was as the cops arrived. The cops show up at the front door, he goes out the back, you know? Mm -hmm. In 1927, a judge orders him to leave the cult, and one month later, before he's able to be prosecuted, he dies. Which I feel like that's a cheat. Yeah, he really got out of that. Yeah, he did. He's prosecuted. What did he die from? I, it was just illness, old man illness. He was old, if I remember correctly. One, okay, and at this point, the cult splits into two different factions, which today, two, the two factions still survive. But it's just like one to four members in each one, just, so not exactly huge. One group was led by co-founder Mary Purnell, Ben's wife. In 1930, they purchased a small plot of land, and they reorganized themselves as the new Israelite House of David, a.k.a. Mary's City of David. So even then, her name's, like, still in the title. And it was that way until her death in, um, at age 90. What I could not find was, what year did she die? Hmm. I just know that she died at age, age 90 and that I could not find what year. So another portion of the cult was led by Judge T.H. DeWurst, He believed that Mary did not have the right to authority. He said that he had the authority, and he appointed his own council of elders that supported him. Of course. Of course. He encouraged members to play baseball and to build spiritual and physical discipline to to distract themselves from celibacy. So you're not having sex, but at least you get some physical outlet is what his thinking is. Before the factions split, they were playing competitive baseball as barnstorming teams that toured rural America from the 1920s to the 1950s. They used the opportunities to spread their gospel and make money. In the late 1920s, they hired pro baseball players to spice things up and were known to do tricks. They were the Harlem Globetrotters of baseball, so like uh, trick baseball. They had a team of black players that they cleverly called the Black House of of David. Because, you know, why be creative? And they played the Negro Leagues. 
so just to give you an idea for membership, in 1935, they had about 350 members, and they peaked from about 1,000. 1955, they had about 150 members. In 2010, they had about one to three surviving members in one group and one to four in the other group of the two factions. That went down a lot. Yeah. If you go, there is a Benton Harbor a House of David Museum in St. Joseph, Michigan, that highlights all their baseball triumphs and their barnstorming years. There's that to go if you want to visit. We should probably put a link in the show notes to the museum. Yeah, we should do that. But I thought, yeah, we have a cult here in Michigan, which actually makes me want to look up more cults. And this ties into... The Michigan Triangle. The boat. What was the boat's name? Roosevelt. That's the one they found overturned with some damage, but the Coast Guard said nothing was wrong. It just um, sprung a leak and flipped over. And there were no survivors. No survivors. And nine because to... they were running away. Exactly. They swam away. I believe it. There were 9 to 11 of them, and it was in the 1920s. And let's not forget, in the 1920s is when Benjamin Purnell is being busted for having sex with girls, young girls, children, 10-year-olds, suddenly 9 to 10 members, I'm going to guess all male, have a flipped boat and are never seen again. Now, they might be fish food, yes, but they also might have run away. Let's leave the possibilities swam open. to Wisconsin. Yes, exactly. They could have swam to Wisconsin. Even, like, swam to a different part of Michigan and got out. I'd give them anything. You've been listening to Michigan and Other Mayhem with Allie. And Jen. Contact us at michiganandothermayhem.com to join the conversation. Access the show notes, find site links, correct us when necessary, and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.